2: But the whole aspect that you play fantasy football is not like, oh, OK, that's that's you're not looked down upon like a addict. But daily fantasy isn't like that, thankfully.
0: This is the fantasy soccer podcast from rotowire.com,
2: your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, rankings, projections, and the best fantasy soccer stats around, please visit rotowire.com slash soccer. And now,
0: here are Andrew Laird and Jordan Cooper.
1: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of Rotowire. Joined on this Monday by Jordan Cooper to talk about the last Premier League slate of the season, as well as some big news uh, coming out today that we're basically free to bet on sports, or at least depending on the state and whenever they get their act together. But we'll we'll get to that in a minute. Jordan, how did your last Premier League slate go?
2: Good, for once. Not like last year. Well, I think last year, actually, my cash lineup did fine. I just busted out of the king of the pitch. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, no, I, I, did, I did well. I came in, what I ended up 10th in the 444 with that one entry I had and uh, pretty much swept in cash. I think Saramek was the only want to beat me in double ups for some some of the it depends on the but I would I cashed everywhere good so I was happy uh even though like my best lineup uh had lacazette in it with uh, like one one and a half points. Oof. like if he would have scored uh I still I still wouldn't have beaten uh Avaldo uh, who won the 444 mm-hmm. but I would have not come much closer or whatever my, my my strat my GPP strategy was sound other than uh picking the wrong Guide to pivot off of right right um
1: i mine was a disaster
2: (laughs) and you had so much choice i think that was the problem i I think that was the problem i think you had too much choice uh combined with no like 100 obvious value plays that you're like oh everyone's gonna plug this guy in right and then it whether it be a defender or a midfielder or whatever like outside of like Salah, everything else was up up to a debate. Yes. Yes.
1: I will say my goalkeeper got a win in a clean sheet.
2: Oh good. Mine did also. Yeah. So Who, who'd you take? Hennessy. Okay, okay. That was a bad I mean if if you if you're paying. Sure, yeah. that wasn't that wasn't a horrible goalkeeper. I mean a bunch of go, like goalkeeper uh it mattered I it I mean it mattered if you didn't take like I saw a lot of people with Jakupovic. Yep. Like then it mattered to then you. Then it mattered, yeah. <laughs> right. But I mean, a lot. A lot of goalkeepers had double digit scores. You didn't need yeah. to have Butland, right? Who, who put up the biggest score? But I mean, I I had Dubrovka, and he put up what fourteen. Mm-hmm. So he was fine. Yeah. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I mean, my my the the first decision as when all the lineups come out because they all came out at the same time, so it, it, really easy. I mean, although it's ten games worth of lineups. Like you can make all your assessments right there. You don't have to worry about the late game, the early game, anything, anything involved with that. Yep. Was uh once I saw the Chelsea lineup, I wanted no part of it. Yep. Rather than go, oh, Sesk and William aren't in, so let me play Hazard. I played Hazard. Well, there, there you go. That yep. that's that's the complete. Op- as soon as as, as soon as
1: lineup locked, I was like, I made a colossal mistake. No,
2: so a lot of people played Hazard.
1: It was a mistake.
2: I mean, it wasn't – I mean, I think in cash games, uh, maybe 20% owned or something. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's – I mean, when you see me with Dubrovka, that's because, like, oh, I have no Chelsea exposure. Yep. Because it's like, – everything else, I have some t- – like, well, the goalkeepers, it's like I have someone in some lineup against these guys because I played 15 lineups. So, I'm like, who's – what's the only team I'm not playing? Mm-hmm. Like, pretty much Chelsea. Yep. I mean, I'm not playing West Brom, but, like, I'm paying down a goalkeeper, so I want the lower end goalkeepers yeah the Chelsea lineup came out I'm like like the guys that you would be interested in would be Hazard would be Emerson I mean Moses I guess is a punt but I don't think you, you didn't need that type of forward eligible punt uh and uh and if you wanted Giroud and Gpp like yep. if you if you thought Chelsea was actually going to do well but once they put out that lineup it's like Conte doesn't care like this is, this is <laughs> stupid this is like they're away to Newcastle on it. It's a, it it's more of a matter of I don't think Hazard was a bad play, in and of himself, or or, or any of the Chelsea guys were bad plays, uh, in a vacuum. But it's a ten game slate. Mm-hmm. I'm I I I I could be choosy. I don't if it's a, if it's a four game slate, five game slate, and that's like you know, there's one game out there like oh the prices are horrible on these players. It's like. Yeah, I guess Chelsea is favored away for it. Like you, you, get into those like rationalizations. Ten game slate, you don't have, you don't need the rationalizations. It's like I'm, I'm just going to avoid Chelsea, and if they put up three goals, then so be it. But on a ten game slate, even in GPP, people could put up goals, up. and it doesn't even matter. I yeah. mean, Lanzini put up two goals, and it didn't really even like. Yeah, there were outliers like a Yosis brace, but like they're one percent. Like they'll, they may be in the winning lineup, but they won't prevent you from cashing. Yeah. 'Cause it's it's gonna be rare to have like a lineup with Lanzini, Iozi, Lamella, like all of them together. The all these one percent ish type of guys, five percent guys. So it's like, okay, Chelsea, what's what's the worst case scenario? Hazard is twenty percent owned? Right. Right like what's the what like what what am I fading rather than play and Hazard's what, eighty five hundred? Uh, he was 8500. Yeah, I played I played uh, Kevin De Bruyne, mm-hmm. in 93. It's like uh I know what he's going to do.
1: <laughs>
2: right? It's only 700 more, 800 more. Like if I'm going to go down, I go to Berg Mudson. If I go way way da- way you're down, I go to Jordan Ayew. But it's like right in that middle zone, it's like do I take Hazard or do I take KDB on a Man City team that I trust more than Chelsea. Yeah. I
1: I just must not – I didn't think of it enough. Like, that was my problem. I was like, oh, I just, like, kind of plugged Hazard in. I was like, all right, let me move on. The The one that – the only guy that I was really considering uh, other than Hazard, which really isn't a cash play at all, but I thought he would do well, was Aubameyang. Um, like, I was going to play Salah Aubameyang because so I was like, I think there are going to be goals in this slate. I think Obama Yang will get one, maybe two, and so I was willing to get a little more goal dependent on a forward because I thought I'd need goals. The problem 89, was that, eighty nine,
2: eighty nine hundred.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, but you yep. know,
2: it's a ten game slate. You don't need you don't need goals in cash. You just need points. Yes. Um, the the only I could okay here here's here's what I could get because a lot there were multiple lineups with the combo of Salah and Kane. Mm-hmm. If you were to do that, I wouldn't have put it – like, why you pass it? are you taking Yang at 8,900 when you could just take Kane at ten five? Oh, that's like a pretty had, big jump. Well, you wouldn't be playing Hennessy. You'd be playing a cheaper goalkeeper. Sure. So, I mean, like, sure. like you'll find the money. You could go down at Defender. I mean, there's t- t- 20 teams worth of Defenders to choose from that I, I said I liked Aubameyang and GPP, but for cash, it's like you're sitting there. It's like I'd, I'd still choose Hazard over – Aubameyang, mm-hmm. in oh, that situation, yeah. right?
1: The the one that got me was that. Um, so I played Mkhitaryan.
2: Okay, wasn't well, ho- that's not a horrible choice,
1: right? So, the but the what bothered me is that I went from Obama Yang Lanzini to Hazard Mkhitaryan.
2: Uh, that's where really you're too big, too results oriented. Oh, you sure? Re- really, you played Lanzini for the brace. That's why you play Lanzini. No, not, I was. I mean, I not, played not, him not for the, for the of set 4. pieces, which Jao Mario
1: got all of them. Okay. But, that's where I was going until I didn't.
2: I All was right, surprised you, at how low owned Darmion was. Yeah, why? Well, you played Baines at forty four hundred instead of Darmion. Baines stinks. Well, sometimes he doesn't, and I played him. I played but. him my utility. Darmion was great. Well, I, maybe I should have played. Well, I was yeah. playing Mata, who no one played. Who no one played, yeah. Who no one played. He got 10, 10 points. I mean he had yeah, an assist. The assist helped. Like no one played Like mm-hmm. I I put him in I'm like We talked about it on Thursday. Nobody no, I didn't Mata. like uh, except you, I, except me, except me. Well, I'm playing Mod. I'm playing Tom Carroll. I mean, Carroll got yeah, five and Carol. whatever six points. I mean, he was fine for his price, right? I'm I'm looking for floor points on a ten game slate. It's like I I'm looking for what 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 looks good if there's no goals getting scored, right? And I and I and I need guys in that mid range because it's like I I play Salah regardless. You got a block. You got to whatever. Yeah. Who cares about the goal? I mean, he he does other stuff also. Like, Salah is similar to, like, Alexis or even, like, Kane earlier when he would shoot seven times. Like, there's a floor there regardless. So then everyone else, it's like, oh, if I'm going to play another forward, it's going to be, like, Good Munson or KDB. And not many people played KDB. Yeah. Uh, and K, I mean, he was, like, 10% owned. But uh, he got 17 points. But even without the assist, he would have 11 points. Mata, I mean, would for 6K, without the assist, would had four and a half points. Carroll, the six. I mean, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. I'm looking for opportunity. Like, and anyone in the six K range, I looked at were like the two goal dependent or not playing for a favorite team or anything. It's like I'd rather play three defenders. I, I, with no Milner in there, I'd rather play Trent Alexander Arnold in a defender spot. Right. I look at, at Danny Rose for Tottenham. If I'm, I'm, I'm not playing any Tottenham besides him. Even though on the podcast I said, well, when Erickson's in the ten, that's when I like playing Trippier. The, the the right sided fullback because I'll have more opportunities to cross. And then Trippier wasn't in and I didn't play his replacement who got two assists. (laughs) Right. Right. Kyle Walker Peters ended up in that role. I mean, I, you play Rose for the price for 300 more than Kyle Walker Peters. Sure. Of course. But just like my, my tactical assessment of like, like the the, Trippier is much better when Erickson is not playing wide. Uh, Yeah. Didn't I didn't, Go further. I mean, it's not like he was very high owned anyway. Or whatever. Yeah. I mean that that the the defenders to play were apparently Andy Robertson and Patrick Van Aanholt. Mm-hmm. I played Van Aanholt in the GPP lineup. You did? Yeah. I did. Out of all people, I thought yeah. you hate him. GPP though. Oh, okay. That that makes it. Oh, yeah. you had multiple. Oh, it's it, it, it's surprising you had multiple lineups. Yep. I did. How many lineups did you do? Two. <laughs> oh, you really expanded there. Um.
1: The worst. Part of it is that um, the other lineup I made, I considered an Arsenal stack. I went, I, That's where I played Aubameyang. Um, I played... Uh, I'm trying to pull it up here. Uh, so I, I considered it an Arsenal stack. I thought maybe on Arsene Wenger's last game, they would just blow out a team that they should blow out. So I went Aubameyang, Lacazette, Mkhitaryan. And I was like, I'm going to get all of it. They're going to win 5-0. It's going to be awesome. And... When I'm filling in a few more pieces and I end up with Patrick Van Anholt and Wilfred Zaha, and all of a sudden my Arsenal stack lineup is really a Crystal Palace
2: lineup. Right, right. You got you got all of Arsenal. You did. I did, nailed it. Right. You nailed Actually, the they have goal. an assist. I didn't get that. I don't even know. Well, well I played Lacazette in GPP. Yeah. Yep. I didn't play Obama Yang at all. I played Lacazette for leverage and price. Mm-hmm. Like I I'm assuming if people are gonna play Arsenal. It's going to start at Mkhitaryan, then go to Aubameyang, and then Lacazette. And on a 10-game slate, it's like, Lacazette's playing the 9 and Welbeck's on the bench. It's like, I think Welbeck comes in for Aubameyang, and Lacazette plays 90 as the starting striker. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I think he has more opportunity to get multiple goals. Right. That so makes sense. Like, and he's going to, and going to be lower-owned. Obama mm-hmm. Yang, even though Lacazette is cheaper. Right, And yeah. plays centrally. You think most people went to, to
1: Mikatarian before Aubameyang?
2: Yeah, because of the floor, because of the, yeah. Mkhitaryan was a cash play. Hmm. No, Oh, right, I meant in GPP. It still doesn't matter. Anyone that's a cash play is going to be higher owned in GPP regardless, right? I mean,
1: Mkhitaryan, I'm, what, what did I drop this in? The mini-season finale? Probably Mi- 13%
2: owned? Probably Mkhitaryan
1: something. was 9 and Aubameyang was 29. Oh, 20.9, 20. okay.
2: not 29. Oh. Surprising. Yeah,
1: and Lacazette La was owned more than Mkhitaryan.
2: I guess. I guess you're, meh, okay, maybe. <laughs> Depends on the GPP you're playing. I, I guess, know. yeah. Yeah. Maybe the smaller field GPPs. Yep. I don't know. But I mean, I knew that the highest, the highest owned forwards were going to be Salon Kane. Yes. And that's why I, I, I played no combos of them. I played one of, in every, nearly, I think, nearly every lineup, one of them. I either played Salon mm-hmm. or I played Kane. And then I paired them with another forward. How much Lamella did you have? I had plenty of Lamella. Yeah. I did. I mean I and I had him in a foe like in the non Kane lineups. I had Salah, Lamella. That was the point. It's like I think Tottenham's going to score, but I want to get the case where it's Kane scoring 3 and I want to get the case where Tottenham scores 5 and Kane scores none. Right. 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 I want I want to I want to get those two results. And it could be both. It could be Kane scores 2 and three other guys score also. I mean it but I don't want I don't want Lamella Kane in the lineup. Like I don't want to trust Tottenham. If anything, I'd do that to Liverpool. But they're going to be too high owned. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm going to play Salah, and I knowing he's going to be very highly owned. Uh, but he is the best play on the slate. So I mean, it's yeah. it's one of those where like I could play Firmino, but I think he's, his his ownership is going to be slightly over over inflated. The guys that are are going to be less like that's why I look at KDB. Even though I played him in cash, I also played him in GPP going. He's going to be criminally underowned, given this ten-game slate. Sure, and he has as much upside as anyone else. He does score, Mm -hmm. and he just—I mean—and he could play ninety, and he could do everything. Especially with them not playing with Jesus up top. Yeah. So now this is fluid. Who knows who's going to be in the nine in any at any point? Type of system with Fernandinho playing as a defensive midfielder. So give me the guy that's not like does everything for Man City. Because it seems like no one like like Sterling would be under owned. I mean, I didn't play him, but I could see any of the Man City guys being under owned. So it's like okay, let, let me give KDB. That's why I like these ten game slates because you can make more of those types of decisions and then also not get punished for outlier outliers. Like you don't get really heavily punished for Iosie's brace. Yeah, he was like or like when Gale scored, he was like like less than one percent owned. In a contest that is like only even five thousand entries, like you're still talking about. I mean, what fifty entries? Mm-hmm. But they also have to get everything else right. Yeah. A lot of times, you see those entries. You see Dwight Gale, and you see two substitutes, <laughs> right. Right? You see, right? You see some weird, you know, uh, center backs, and then you know, it's uh, you know, it, it, it's four guys from Man City. And if Man City doesn't score eight goals, then it, then who cares about the Gale goal that's in there? You know that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was looking at this slate of like what guys are normal producers that on a shorter slate would be like well obviously he's in play at least yeah maybe may, may not be your optimal choice but like no one would fault you for playing them and are they going to be under owned mm-hmm. and that's why I looked at that's why I looked at Mata I said on a four game slate Mata would have been played in cash on a four game slate at six thousand. With Man United at home against Watford, with Sanchez <laughs> playing at the nine.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: Why not? Because it's Juan Mata. Nobody. So he's to gonna play, play ninety Man. minutes, and he's gonna be over the dead balls as much as Rashford would be, right?
1: Uh, I was actually more concerned about Luke Shaw in corners than
2: anyways. Luke Shaw didn't play. Didn't he play it? He wasn't. A, oh, is that the earlier no. game that week? Sorry. Right, Ashley Young and, right. and and Darian were in. Right, that's why I looked at that. I said, like, right, I was gonna joking before that. I'm gonna end up with Ashley Young. I was like, there's no, I'm not ending up with Ashley Young. <laughs> like whatever, I don't care if I have 5400 left. I will go down to someone else and leave money on the table to not play Ashley Young. <laughs> I can understand playing Rashford in GPP, but I mean yeah. more expensive and fits a forward spot. I mean, like that's why I looked and like. In the middle, like if I didn't take KDB and I went to Burgood Munson, then I upgrade Mata to who? I upgrade Mata, I guess, to Mkhitaryan. Mm-hmm. And I go, do I? I don't think the difference between Mata and Mickitarian on this slate is is any different from each other. They're both safe. Yeah, that's fair. They're they're both. I mean, but seventy to me, Mikatarian at seventy five hundred, Arsenal away to Huddersfield, and uh, Mata home to Watford. Like, I think they have the same floor. So it's like, why wouldn't I play the 6K guy if I think they both have the same floor? Mkhitaryan probably has higher upside. Yes. I, was,
1: I'm, I, would, I would think that Mkhitaryan has a higher floor. Mata does nothing without the assist.
2: now he had four and a half points without the assist. Three crosses, a tackled one, two fouls drawn or something. He's okay. in the front three without Pogba. There's no one. Look at that. They're playing uh, Carrick. Mm-hmm. Like, the the, the the three midfielders, McTominay, uh, who, who else was? I mean, the, the midfielders that we're in for for Man United are holding midfielders that aren't getting involved in the attack much, mm-hmm. which means the front three with no central strut, with Alexis playing as the nine, which means there's no target. Like, it's just a fluid three front guys. So if anything offensively is going to happen, it's going to be through the front three. Or a wide, I mean, even the wide players aren't even going to get involved. Because they're not crossing to anyone. That's why I was off at of Darmian. Like, Lukaku's not up there, so who, who, who are they crossing to? No one. So what that's were you expecting Matabit to do?
1: Shoot and draw fouls?
2: Yeah, get two shots, a foul drawn, four crosses. I mean, it's 6K. I need six points. That's it. That's, yeah. a, that's all I'm looking for in that spot. That's why when I say floor, I'm like, I'm Mkhitaryan at 7,500. Like, what's his floor? If you said he got six points, you'd be like, oh, he got six points. What's his a what, what, uh, Seven and a half? If it's higher than six? Right. One X, right? Well, McIntyre has a seven and a half point flow. It's like, well, is the one and a half points going to make that much of a difference? But the 1500 is a difference between KDB and Good- Goodmundson. Mm-hmm. The 1500 is a difference between playing a, a, a at Alexander Arnold and you know some 4K defender. Like that type of thing. So I'm like, is the is the, or or do I go up from Carroll? Where do I go from Carroll then? Like nowhere. That the Lewis Cook wasn't in, so the, you, you're done. There's no low end options that were worth it.
1: My favorite thing about looking at my lineup on Sunday was I was like, okay, I have it. It's a 10 game slate. Every player is available, and Tom Carroll's in my lineup. <laughs> but I still think to back to the Mkhitaryan thing. Like I look, I believe Mkhitaryan does have a higher floor than Mata. And I if it's agree one with and you. I, I, didn't, I, didn't
2: say, I didn't say that I didn't agree with you. No, but I know. The difference in one and a half points and 1,500 in salary are two different things. But I think it's one and a half points plus upside.
1: I, I think you, had, you still have to think about the upside.
2: I guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> those, those were the, those are the last guys in type of people. Like, I'm looking like, who do I want to play? I, I want to play Erickson, but I can't. Mm-hmm. Right, I, I I look at who I want to play. Uh, I I want to play. I want I want to play Rose. I want to play. I want to play Salah. I want to play Trent Alexander Arnold. Then everything else. I want to play. I mean, once you get into that, it's like who else could fit? I mean, who? There's no one else that I want to play. I would have loved instead of play Mata in that spot to play Bergen in that spot. But I don't have eighteen hundred. Without playing and, and not being able to play KDB. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I look at Tom Carroll going forty seven hundred. I don't want to play him there. But like who am I getting rid of to bring Tom Carroll up to who? I mean, I played Luka Milivojevic in some lineups, but I, I, I thought Carroll was safer than Luka Milivojevic for a similar price range. Mm-hmm. But if, if I if if you would have put Luca instead of Carroll in that lineup. And went down and goalkeeper to Yakupovic or something like that. I would still look at that lineup, going okay. I would say Carol and Luca both have similar floors. Really? Yeah. Why not? Um, you think Carol has a higher floor than I do? Well, Milivojevic is on penalties, so he's, he's obviously always going to have. High- well, it's obviously going to be higher upside. Yes. Yes. But Milivojevic is I mean he, he, he's taking set pieces. He's at least a share of them. Townsend right. is a share. Carroll had him all share with Co- how many does Swansea get? I mean but Homey I look and at Stoke? Tw- ah, but I look I'm needing look at nine Swansea- goals? Ten goals? Uh, yeah. But that's why you played Jordan Ayu. Sure. Like that's why I look at Swansea at at their lineup and I go, like, Jordan Ayu I, I like better than Tom Carroll. But Jordan Ayu's six K. Yeah.
1: It was so crushing to me not be able to fit Jordan Ayew, in, in a lineup, in a when I knew he'd have to shoot as much as he did,
2: right? Well, I played Lamella instead. But oh well, oh well. That that was well, the point, yeah. right? I played it at the 300 less. I played Lamella in those mm-hmm. lineups, but Lamella to me wasn't a cash play. That's why I look in that range. It's more of a range of that that six k, five to six k, high four k. Like show me, show me cash viable plays. Show me guys that with somewhat reliable, even if they're conservative floors. And I picked the I pick the conservative of the conservative. That's what I do. Yeah. And you could say if the if the mistake is well you shouldn't be in that range, uh, that's a viable argument. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, well you, then you don't take KDB, then you put in Jordan IU in a forward spot, and you go up and you take Mickitarian, you take Christian Eriksen or something. Okay, if you want to make that argument. But if you're gonna play, if you're gonna tell me, well you got to play Salah and Kane, up top, in cash, right? Then. Try to, to Tell me that Luka Milivojevic or James McLean or someone like that is, like, not viable. It's like, well, who else are you going to play in the 4K range? Yeah. You look in that range, you go, you don't like anyone, but that is the best of the anything that's available. Like, would you play in cash, given uh, the, when the lineups come out? Who would you be more comfortable playing? Comfortable. Lamella or Mata? Ugh. See? That, that's the point. Like, I say Mata easily. Yes, Mata. Because Lamella could come out at 60, like Lamella's role isn't defined on that team enough. Marty, you look at the bench with like no one on the bench, and them, you know, just like okay, you, yes, I know it's 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 ugly, but yes, it, it Lamella with Erickson is never a thought for me. Right? Well, that's the point. If Erickson wasn't in, well, that's a different story. Yeah, store. yeah, yeah. Sure, because you also have Lucas Moore on the other side, and he wasn't. Mm-hmm. He was viable. If you played him in GPP or something, right? Mm-hmm. The fullbacks. Are, that, that's why I look at like if look at look at that that high five k range, that mid five k range. Other than defenders, like, I don't see anyone that like that's midfield eligible. Yeah, I, I agree. At, right. So it's just the best of that class, and the class sucks.
0: <laughs> right? right.
2: Right. But I, I don't think you I don't think you would have cashed. Uh, unless you unless you hit lucky with uh, lamella or lanzini or something like that if you did the dinky do at forward like if you did something like uh like ayu and berger Munson, even
1: oh the double yeah no way
2: yeah the double the double dinky do cuz then who do you go up in midfield you end up going up to Erickson, who underperformed yep that's it right right nobody else was Mick- even that expensive well you make you play like a micatarian and the two expensive defenders you play right. alexander right, right, arnold right. and rose or you know something like that and you sit there and you have sixty three points. Yep. And you end up paying up a goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Which probably did you fine, unless you played paid for Lloris. True. Yeah, who just saw that game coming? <laughs> like the game stack, the the Leicester Tottenham game stack would have won. Have you played it? If I don't think you couldn't have afforded it. That's a, that's the thing that that uh, in, in the slack especially. Where you know, we're used to like four game slates. Where like, once one or two goals come in and you don't have them, it's like, well, you ain't winning the GPP today, yeah. like type of thing. But here, it's like, like you can't physically like under the salary cap have some of these these goals. So like, as long as you have one, like if you if when Kane scored and people did they didn't have them, were like, oh, I'm done. Like that doesn't. Do you have a goal from someone else? Right. Yeah. It's like, well, you know that they can't have Kane, Salah, and that guy because you have that guy, yeah. and they can't afford it. So as long as you match the Kane score, you're even par with them. So there's nothing that, that yes, you'd rather him not score because you don't have him, but like, and your I, other pieces
1: are probably better than their right, other pieces, you're, right?
2: Exactly. That's 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 the point. That's the point. Like the people, the, the sky is falling type of stuff. It's like it's. You, you can't fit in all like when Vardy's scoring and Mars is scoring. It's like, like do you have Salah in with twenty seven points? It's like, well, you can't have all these other guys mm-hmm. and Salah and Kane. You can't so it doesn't matter as long as you have one of them, right? Right, then you're fine. Then you equal all the other people that have them, mm-hmm. right? Unless you were able to fit in Lanzini and Ayozi and Dwight Gale or something like that, cheap guys that scored. Somehow into some weirdo lineup. Sure. But those didn't even exist. Right. I saw I was looking at the top of GPPs going. Yeah. Yeah. You see a guy with one of them. But it's not like there was some lineup with 178 points that had all these goals. No. Peter Crouch wasn't in a lineup.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It was tough to win a GPP without Lamella. I believe.
2: As weird as that sounds. Probably Lamella and Yeah. Yep. I don't think you don't need Kane. You definitely didn't need Kane. Nope. I mean, Kane, what, what, what did someone sit in the Slack say? He put up a, a Cavani brace. Yep. 24 oh, and a half what? with two goals. Oh, uh, he got a half a point. Yeah. Yeah. An additional from yeah. what? Uh, obviously it was a foul committed and then like a foul drawn. He had an and extra, extra shot, three shots, two goals, one foul committed. Okay, that's not the Cavani. Not quite. No, no. The Cavani is two goals and having twenty three points. Right, right, right. The the having negative, mm-hmm. more or less under. Yeah, right. Having one goal and having eight and a half points.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> but yeah, I thought Lacazette. Like I played Lacazette <sighs> as the as the the forward but in in between of everyone, and then it's like my best lineup of like one eleven something whatever for the four forty four. It was like everyone, everyone that I had that was good, and then like one and a half points from Lacazette. Mm. I had Lamella in that lineup. I had, what, I uh, Wan-Bissaka. Uh-huh. He put up a good score. Played him. I was considering playing him in cash. Wow. But I had to get Baines in.
1: <laughs> of course. Baines and Mata. That's how your day went. And it was Yeah, successful. but I did well. Ah.
2: But I did well. KDB, 17, Salah, seven, uh, 27, Mata, 10.5, Carroll, 7, 6.75. Rose had a double-digit score, right? Or no, 9 or something. He had an assist. Right? Yeah, yeah. Trent Alexander, Dubrovka, 14. Baines had 3.5, but I didn't need it. Yeah. I had like 99 in cash or something like that. Right? Because if you played Kane, Kane Salah, it's like you didn't get enough points out of everywhere else. Yeah. Like I mean, you 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 could have still cashed. I mean, I saw Kane Salah lineups that did cash. Yeah, but, with I mean, Lamella. with. I didn't see many cash Lamella lineups. So who did? How did Kane? Oh, I guess that was fifty something up by themselves. But right, right. That's what I'm saying. Like the like the the points. Like you you were able to withstand a one point defender or like Jakubovic as your as your minus five goalkeeper because mm-hmm. you still because you have eighty three points and that's like that puts you like. Tenth out of twenty second, right? Still or something like that. Against two, I don't know. I thought a lot of the most. I thought I thought most of the chalk came through. Yep, right. Yep. Other than Hazard, pretty much Chelsea. If you if you took anyone on Chelsea, that's what screwed you. I um <clears throat> I finished
1: second in the Yahoo the bigger Yahoo GPP, and Hazard was the one that killed me from winning it. Right. See. All these extra points on Yahoo, and he finished with nine tenths of a point.
2: Right. Heiser uh, doesn't do anything. He looks like he does a lot. He looks like he does a get, lot. It. Right, but he doesn't. Do, but it doesn't. Yeah. Count I'm for still statistics. waiting for that fantasy system that <laughs> counts whatever he does.
1: Whatever he does, because he Taga. That's be- what it is. Well, it's I not can't even win Taga. any money there. He
2: doesn't. He doesn't beat people. He he does like a lot of like. I I have the ball a lot, and I'm going to step this way and that way, and then pass it to someone else. Mm-hmm. But I but I've had the ball for 12 seconds, so it looked like I was a threat. <laughs> he does that like 15 times a game, and you're like you're looking and you're going, well, that wasn't a shot, and that wasn't a he didn't he didn't do anything. Yeah, that was right? a cross.
1: Oh wait, he's in the box, so that's not a cross.
2: Uh, right, and he got dispossessed. Three short so corners. Right, like there you go. He's on the ball all the time and records no stats. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Let's talk about sports betting.
1: Because we can do that now. Or well, not soon. right now. No, not People right now. People are
2: acting like like Supreme Court said it's okay. Like, no, no. They they said that the federal government can't tell the states what to do. I pretty. believe
1: those in New Jersey will be able to do it tomorrow.
2: Well, only because they, they've been setting up. Yeah. They're the ones that, that made the... Supreme Court case. Mm -hmm. like They already passed everything. They've gotten everything in place where they could just push a button, practically.
1: Yep. Just got to plug the machines in. Um, It's been the hot topic in the Slack chat today. Um, Mostly the does this mean we're done with DFS or how does this affect DFS? You, uh, I believe, made the point that you think it actually helps DFS. Do you want to expand on that?
2: Absolutely. It absolutely helps DFS. I think think, uh, too many of us are in a bubble of you know within like you think everything is normal within this not even the the the, the context of dfs it just in sports in general, I mean you could watch sports programs and go, how do these people think this I mean, how many times do you, do you watch uh, the like even it could be for any sport, baseball, basketball, where occasionally FanDuel or DraftKings or whatever, they sponsor like the little fantasy segment where the announcers or whatever, the anchors at the desk pick their like 3-person fantasy team or whatever, and how horrible they are. <laughs> right? Aren't they atrocious? And yeah, and they pick hazard. But, what, right. But I'm saying, but it's like, how do they not see? Like, like they don't even understand that. Well, why are you picking a central defender because they don't score points? It's like, like oh, because most people are stupid, right? We're we we know at it. We've been playing. We're inside this bubble where like the 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 assumptions, like we already know them all. I'm not even talking about skillful players. I'm talking about in general. Most DFS players are. Aware enough of how the game works in general, more than a casu- a, a completely casual person. And same thing with sports betting. When any any anyone that talks about sports betting inside the DFS world or anything, uh, I mean, it doesn't change really anything other than uh, it being mainstream viable. There's still sports betting. You, c- I could bet on sports right now mm-hmm. in the state of Kentucky. It's not legal. But I can do it, and it's not, tes- it's not technically illegal for me to do it. It's illegal for them to accept my bets. But most people that uh, want to bet on sports are already betting on sports. Right. There's no, there's no difference. not—there's Nothing's changing as far as that fact, other than the people that would consider betting on sports but are not doing so because it is shady business, that is going to expand. Mainstream wise, like uh, I would assume people in the in the UK look at us when it comes to sports betting going going like that's it's com It's as commonplace as going to Starbucks like you wouldn't feel bad around your family or parents saying, you know, I'm I'm, I'm going to go for a Starbucks for a coffee as opposed to I'm going to go to William Hill and place a, a ten dollar bet mm-hmm. like <laughs> in here in the United States. There's a humongous difference in that. Because it's not mainstream. Like, even if you take a look at cigarette smoking, like, that's mainstream. Regardless of, like, yes, it's unhealthy, and people are more and more society looking down at it. But you don't feel like you're... Now, if you're, uh, uh, you know, shooting heroin, you're doing that behind closed doors, right? <laughs> right. right? It, one, but only because, like, even... even Marijuana, even in states where marijuana is legal, marijuana still isn't that mainstream like, oh, I'm just going to be outside of the mall and just fire up a joint. Only not because, well, I may get arrested. No, it's legal. But other people look down at, like you get mm-hmm. judged. Right now, I would think 30 years from now, maybe 30, 40 years from now, when it's available it's completely legal marijuana in general uh you know that it would be looked at just like cigarettes are like just like like alcohol is like drinking a bud light is uh which expands the market so to bring it all the way back to sports betting i view it the same way of like all this does is bring it to people that would have considered like the true degenerates are already betting on sports Mm-hmm. That's that's our market. We're inside of that market <laughs> in some fashion. The degenerates, because even Daily Fantasy, even though they plastered with all the commercials two years ago, like it has a shady. Is this legal? Can I get my money out? It's not. It's it, it's you know you don't see it on TV much. You don't see shows about. I mean, you see the fantasy season long type of shows because that's the mainstream. If you tell your if you tell your friends and family, I'm in a fantasy football league. Oh really? I mean, no one wants to hear about your fantasy football. Yeah, <laughs> No one wants. To that's hear as far about as it goes. It. Oh really? Okay. Right. right. But the whole aspect that you play fantasy football is not like oh okay that's the, that's you're not looked down upon like a heroin addict. But daily fantasy isn't like, that. thankfully, right? Daily, daily fantasy is looked is but is looked at as like oh I play on DraftKings. It's like oh you mean the the shady site that got in trouble with the law? Like that's that's what the mainstream knows about it. That, uh aren't playing, aren't considering because that matters more. When I play poker underground in New York city, I would still go to Atlantic city from time to time. And there'd be tons of people playing poker that are from New York city. And like, well, why aren't they playing in the underground rules? Because well, Atlantic city is a, it's a regulated New Jersey casino, like, but the games are better in New York. Why aren't they understood? This guy plays here four nights a week in Atlantic city. And comes from New York City to play. Why aren't they playing in in the the multiple underground poker rooms that are perfectly fine uh, to to play in? Because he feels safer. That's as it's really what it comes down to. It. So when I look at sports betting opening up and then comparison to DFS, all it's doing is creating a bigger market, and a bigger market. Where, yes, you may. You may lose some people that were playing DFS because they're degenerates, not because, you know, because they would have been betting on sports anyway. You could go on Bovada and bet on whatever the hell you want, right? There are plenty of sites. Pinnacle, there are sites that they are all over. I mean, you, you could already. So you're not losing anyone from that, but anyone that's playing DFS because it's like a substitute for sports betting. Like, how many of them are you losing? But how many people that, like, are like, uh, would make casual wagers on sports if it was looked at as more of a mainstream thing. And oh, like I'm, I'm, a, I'm an accountant at whatever, and instead of betting on the 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 football lines, they're like, I'm gonna pick five players and play against this guy. That seems that, that seems more enjoyable to me. They may not even know about daily fantasy. Mm-hmm. They may not know they they may not have ever had a chance to play. All they know about DraftKings and FanDuel are shady. Right. Right. And well now well now there's a sports book everywhere. I mean, and now it's now they're on television. Now they're, you know, on jerseys and uh, sponsored because it's 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 a mainstream thing now. So if anything that opens, that expands the market. And anything that expands the market could only be good. It's not gonna condense the market. All it's all and and anyone that's playing DFS for hundreds upon uh, hundreds of dollars in volume a day, that's like well well they're gonna now just bet on sports. It's like they can already. I hate that argument. They, it constantly happens. Of well, once uh, once sports betting is legal, DraftKings is done. It's like anyone that's playing on DraftKings and 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 uh, has no problem playing on DraftKings or FanDuel because you know they be- they believed it be to be reliable enough believe that all these offshore sites are reliable enough also because mm-hmm. they typically are right it's just, you're not sure i mean say for the online poker sites you know back in the day like you knew you were like kind of skirting the law but like these were major funded organizations that you pretty much like you kind of trusted enough but that's for us 90% of the public wouldn't like, unless it's, you know, you wouldn't go and buy, like, I'm going to go buy Frank's milk from the store that was not FDA approved or nothing. No, there's no, no one comes to inspect their farms or anything. You don't have no idea what's in the milk. <laughs> uh, but is there a reason for him not to make decent milk? No, because if he was known as not making decent milk, no one would buy it. But still people are like, well, I'm going to pay 20 cents more a gallon for the, for the, the brand name milk. That I know, that I know is going to be fine. It's a, I view it the same the same way. Would you? Wouldn't you agree? So you you just think that more people
1: being aware of DraftKings, like I don't necessarily think it. Like, do you
2: think it actually increases the DFS player pool? Yes. Okay. From it's pe- not aware of it's not even aware of DraftKings or FanDuel. A lot of people are aware of it. It has a bad reputation, typically. Oh, the company that had all those commercials. Right. Right. A lot of time from two years ago and being in the news for like legal problems against them. But these are these the people that you're talking to are people that have never actually played Daily Fantasy. Right. But right? you think that they've never you think they would start sports betting and then right playing then they, playing DFS. That's correct. OK, because sports betting is much that that's much easier to understand, like lines are lines. People know even if they don't bet sure. on sports. They understand the bare basic concept of, like, the spread and the total of a game, right? I mean, it's even mentioned in—I in, mean, you could listen to analysis. I mean, you may not see it as much on television, but even on the radio. It's like, yeah. oh, they open up as a four-point favorite going into—I mean, people know what that is. They could bet on that. It's like, oh, I think—or even—they they know that more than the money line, even. Right, yeah. Uh, but still, you say the Packers are a touchdown favorite. It's like, well, I think the St- I think the Steelers, uh, you know, if you're going to give the Steelers seven points, I'm going to take the Steelers. But anyone, I think more, if you follow sports, you know that. And then they're going to go, well, now uh, it's not the type of person that's going to put hundreds upon hundreds of dollars down. It's like, uh, I'd make a $10 bet that, you know, the Steelers win this game outright. Like what? What do I get if I wanted? Oh, plus three thirty-five or something like that. It's like, oh, I, I do that, but like they're not going. They're not going to offshore sites. They're not like, right. well, I need, I need to send in this and and whatever and uh, deposit via this method and a, a wire transfer or something. Like they look at that and go, this looks too shady, right? They're just like, can I just go to a site and just go? Here's PayPal and uh, and here, here's my ten dollar bet. Like that's that's what it's going to be. So like if it's DraftKings or anything, it's like, yeah, yeah. There, I'll I'll go to I'll go to DraftKings and uh, here's ten bucks or whatever. But they also but they have an account and they have other stuff there. Mm-hmm. They're like you know if you're gonna go like uh, I I I'm gonna bet the Lebron's gonna score uh, thirty points, at least uh, over thirty, and it's like minus one twenty two or whatever, whatever it is. And but in the midst of all of that, you'll see it's like, well, would you like to put you know five? Five, uh, the 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 top, uh, who, who's going to score the most points with five of them together. And then you're going to play in a contest with a hundred other people. And whoever has the highest score wins. I think sounds like that, pick them. That, right. <laughs> it, that's, that's what I'm, that's the point that I'm talking about. And I think that, uh, it's, I think fantasy, it's not the same as other markets that like when you hear people from the UK go, well, fantasy, daily fantasy never caught on here because sports betting is legal. And that's the only reason why sports betting, you know, because it's not really legal in the United States. That's the only reason why daily fantasy ever got popular because of that. It's like, no, the difference is, is that fantasy sports is big in the United States. More so than sports betting is illegal. Right. I've talked to plenty of soccer people and whatever, when I used to do football manager stuff, like fantasy sports is a very, it's, People, you know, play FPL, right? Mm-hmm. They play fantasy Premier League. They play fantasy World Cup or whatever, whatever it is, and other sports, I guess, rugby or whatever. But it's the the pervasiveness of fantasy sports compared to the United States is it's nowhere. I mean, it's not even, it's not even close. Yeah. I mean, I mean the the the, the NFL. Look, look at the NFL Red Zone Channel thing. I mean that that. The only reason that exists is because of fantasy. (laughs) Right. All of those as far as like, oh, you could watch 28 Major League Baseball teams. These are all league pass. Oh, so you could see your out of market team from wherever you live. Yeah, that's like 1% of people that are like, I live in Los Angeles, but I want to watch the Cubs type of thing. It's like because there are ways to get that without paying for all of the games. No, this this is it's all it's fantasy sports and it's very big in the United States. So I think making sports betting more mainstream and fantasy sports is already mainstream. There's going to be overlap because a lot of the people, most of the people in this country that play fantasy sports, play it for zero dollars. Oh yeah, right. That's most. That's at ninety eight percent for sure. Plus, speaking
1: of bubbles, play people fantasy, in DFS can't believe that.
2: Right, they can't play. Right, they play for no money whatsoever, none, zero, like not even like putting ten dollars into a pot. No, they just literally play for nothing. Pride. It's ten friends that play for pride, and that's it. And they can be serious about it. I've I've, I've seen friends in serious leagues that play for nothing, mm-hmm. but they've been playing for twelve years since college. Right. Like that's but that's what it is. But now combine that with uh, mainstreamed sports betting. Like, I call that—I don't want to call it legal sports betting, just mainstreamed sports betting. And I think that conversion of, like, oh, I'm, I'm willing to put $5 down to bet. And, like, the amount of people that play fantasy sports, let's—I mean, it's it's in the tens of millions, if not hundred. I mean, maybe not in this country. I mean, total. Uh, but, I mean, probably tens of millions, right? Yes. Of people that play fantasy sports. Yes. And if, if sports betting was mainstream, there'd be tens of millions that would place bets on sports. In some capacity. Yeah, that's certainly the hope. A dollar, a dollar par. I mean, we're talking about like, hey, a 12-team, you know, super parlay for a dollar to win a million dollars. Right, right. yes. I mean, people would do that. Absolutely. It's like a lottery ticket. Take a look at how many people play the lottery in this country. So uh, combine the two you tell you get all the the people that play fantasy sports religiously they do they, they they pay attention and they play for free and then they put down a $5 bet on something like that and then they see you go oh there's a there's a way that i could put money down on fantasy sports without be, not being part of my little league here but just for one day like it's it you describe daily fantasy to them like most of the most of the the public relations around daily fantasy the bad vibe comes from people that have never played now is the way that daily fantasy the ecosystem is set up to have to be able to survive the churn rate but that's a whole different story right (laughs) uh but as far as attracting the the market like it could only get bigger i can't see it getting smaller like that's the point maybe i'm overestimating the effects maybe there won't be maybe for for every One person that leaves is one person that comes in and it stays, the market stays stays, yeah, the way it is. But as far as DFS, but you can't see the market gets smaller. The market has to get bigger. The same thing in poker. With I go to Atlantic City on a Friday night and all these poker tables are full and half of the people at these tables are from New York City where there are underground poker rooms. Plenty of them where you could play at. And you go, why do you come here? It's like, well, because... This is where I trust. Like, I and, and, these, and uh, do you know that these underground poker rooms exist? Uh, half of them would say no. And then once you tell them about it, and you go, well, maybe they will show up at some point. You can, it, it, The market could only get bigger. If I went down to Atlantic City and no one was sitting at a poker table, well, the market can't get bigger, right? Right. They don't know about this alternative. So, if anything, we're just looking at uh, people that, don't currently play Daily Fantasy and don't currently sports bet. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, inside of maybe our bubble or it, it, not just us, but I mean, in general, uh, even in the sports betting bubble, uh, don't realize how big of a market that is. Why? Why the leagues want to get a half a percent of a of a, a, a bogus yeah. integrity fee like the mark like Well. All the people that would be playing Daily Fantasy are now going to sports bet. You know, that's, that's nothing. They could lose that many amount of people, and you won't even see it on the balance sheet. Like, that's how small that is in comparison. Well, how about the people that currently bet on sports? They're not going to go and bet on illegal sports, and they don't care. That market is so small. And you go, well, there are sports betting sites, and, like, yes, you're still less than 1% of the market. Right. I think that's the, what people don't realize of, like, well, I go on Bavada and I bet on, you know, first round leader on golf. It's like, yes, you're an extremely rare case <laughs> of people that. But yeah, but I know 10 other guys that bet that. Yeah. You and those 10 people are extremely rare cases. Right. It's like, wait until uh, you, you turn on uh, NBC and the for during, at 2 o'clock during golf coverage and every commercial break has uh, an ad for a sports book. <laughs> right. Okay. For bets you know, on the rest of the round. Right. On the rest of the round or is Tiger going to make the comeback? <clears throat> you know, that type of thing. Yeah, yep. And how many people that have never bet on sports ever? How many of those people are there? Right, way more than way, way more than us. Way, I mean, a hundred times more than us. A thousand, uh, ten thousand times more than us. And then some people mean that ever. They've been you no know, the same people that like oh, buying a lottery ticket is a waste. Betting on sport, okay, it's not for it's that that's fine. There's plenty of those. I mean that that's that's a majority of the market. Mm-hmm. But look how many people play the lottery, and we I look at that and going why are you why are you stupid right. Yeah, and then, but of course, once it's like a four hundred million dollar Powerball, I'll be at Kroger and I'll still uh, give me five. Yeah, <laughs> just with, uh, uh, only, but it, but it's more for it's more for a social reason. Sure, only because like a bunch of your friends are like, like, are are you going to get Powerball tickets? Because it's it's a social. I know I'm going to lose, most likely, right? With five, even with five, I'm not going out and getting you know a thousand tickets or anything. I believe but Powerball is two dollars a ticket. Okay, so five's what, only get two. Whatever. Whatever. I don't even know. That's how yeah, little that's, like. right. <laughs> but if like if I was in an office and the office was like, Oh, we're all gonna chip in for power, I'm going to do it because it's a it's a it's a social function mm-hmm. type of thing. So like I see that extending to, to this as well. Where we find it stupid that the lot that or the lottery, right? I mean some or, or people that make, you know, really bad sports bets played playing team parlay. You know, you know how hard it is to convert that? Right. That did you know? You might as well just place individual bets, and at the the money lines the way I mean, just there's, there's a better mathematical way of doing it. But most people are playing for entertainment. So to me, the types of people that have never played daily fantasy that do play fantasy sports, so they understand the concept of fantasy sports. That that's the hardest part to to, to cross over, of you select players from teams and their 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 performance combined versus other people's selections like that. That's the hardest part. If you already know that, it's like, yeah, I do that in my fantasy football and baseball league all, you know, every year for the past 20 years, like that's easy. So you're combining people that have, that have, that never played daily fantasy, play fantasy sports and never bet on sports. That's the majority of the market. Right. Like how, how is that to to me? That's yes. You're only going to convert 3% maybe. Of people that bet on sports and then move over to daily fantasy. But that three percent of a of a, it's a big number fifty million person market is is ridiculous. And these are casual people. And they may not turn into like, you know, regulars that churn in the lobby, you know, and play every week and whatever. But this this is the casual market. I don't think there's any further casual market for daily fantasy without the exposure that sports betting can give it. Unless the sites are willing to put as much money into marketing as they did two years ago, which they're not. They're more, they're They're going to be getting into the sports betting. Right. Right. Draft, DraftKings is going to have a sports book. Mm-hmm. Yep. And maybe they will have innovative quote, innovative products like well, a, a previous conversation. That yeah. I was having. about to say, yeah,
1: I, <clears throat> I'm more interested. The, the thing that gets me about the difference between sports betting and DFS is that, uh, you almost feel, I, I certainly feel like I have a better shot against other people than I do against the sports book. And so if, if DraftKings can develop a, a way to, and I said this in the Slack chat, to basically be a middleman, that if I think the Steelers are going to win today and somebody thinks they're going to lose, they can set a line and we can agree on each other taking one side of that bet. I'd rather bet against other people than I would a book. And I think that's actually what I think most people will uh, be attracted to, once they lose money against the book. Does
2: that make sense? But, yeah, but that's technically what you're doing. When you, guess, when you bet at a sports book, technically that's what you are doing. You're betting against the general public, and that's why the lines move. So you're betting at one, but but you and you can move the line. You could tease the line yourself. I mean, that's what the all it it's all designed for the sports book to make money. Sure. And sometimes the sports book, yes, sometimes the sports book does take positions, depending on the sports right. book. Right. Like if there's too much public money on one side, they're like, well, this is this is dumb money. Like we're not even going to move the line because this this is correct. And let them keep on betting the crappy side. They could you can do that. Mm-hmm. But I'm talking about more. I, I think you're asking too much out of people to set their own lines. They want to be told what's the line, not like a you know, price. Like what, what price line didn't do well. Set your price for an airline ticket. Well, one dollar. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, you, it, it, it's either that or no one knows the the value of anything. So you can't say, "Well, I want two seventy. Yeah, but I don't know if that's cheap or th- should it be two four. Right? You don't know. I I'm talking about more in the aspect of uh, all the games on Sunday. Like who do you, who do you think's gonna win? And you play against other people. I mean, like that. And whoever gets the most right gets gets the money. Yeah. Like, and you just take a hand. You take the handle you know just like in a horse racing you know a horse track like that i think that's more appealing because you are playing against other people and someone is guaranteed to win yeah
1: i guess that i guess the way i want it i was thinking of it was i just want to see that i have an opponent i want to see who i'm playing right because then i have something to actually look at as opposed to like here's your bet oh the the business that you just put the bet with won you lost well, the other, the, other side, the other people that bet the
2: other side, the the people that the faceless uh, uh, group of people that bet the other side won. Right. That's but it's really not kind of it's not really presented that way. No, well, of course not. But I'm just saying that that's uh, in in fantasy sports, in that mindset that you could have a bad day. But if someone has a worse day, you still, you still win. win. Right. Right. And then there, but there's also the opposite side of you could have a great day. You know, you've seen in in head to head fantasy football. Sure, that's why I don't play it anymore. <laughs> right. It's like you have the second highest score of all 12 teams in the entire week, but you just happen to be playing against the top score. Right. So you lose that, your match that week. It happens both ways. But I think that, to me, that's more enjoyable than, you know, baiting against a line. Just I'm looking at a result. I'm not playing against anyone. Because I, from from an enjoyment perspective, as well as a, just a math perspective of, like, I... I think I could beat other people. I could look at a guy on the street and go, uh, it, "You pick, you pick eight winners uh, this NFL, you know, Sunday, and I'll pick eight winners." I think I could, I think I could pick six, and you could pick five, and I win. If it was forced to where I need to get all eight right, then everyone could lose, right. right? I want to uh, fine, but then have a contest of a hundred people, and the winner probably will get all eight right. But at least there will be a winner, if you get all seven. I mean, we we I mean, you, we see that even with these single game, uh, like DK showdown type of slates, like yesterday on uh, uh on NBA, like someone actually had a unique lineup that won a hundred thousand dollars wow in the showdown, because that's what you need to I I do I kind of do the I try to do the same thing also, making lineups that like leave twenty three hundred on the table and don't right. take uh, you know a star player because it's like the only way you can get all of it. I'm I'm I mean I don't look to be unique unique, but I look to be like this lineup may I may be tied four ways. You know right, like when we're splitting, you know, for, right instead of four right, that type of thing. Uh and at least with with the having playing as a group and as part of sports betting like daily fantasy contests like that's viable. It could be one of those weeks where you know, two 14-port un- two underdogs win. And the winner of the $1,000 whatever only has six out of eight correct. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
2: And that's fine. But, I mean, if it wasn't a contest against other people. You just, everyone would just lose. Right. Except for the, the, the one person that got eight out of eight that wins a million dollars, right? Because it, it, the money has to go somewhere. It has to go somewhere, exactly. Right, right. Some parlay, some weird parlay. You know, came in, but you don't know who that person is because you're not playing against anyone. It's a faceless public. It's, I mean, you're always playing against the public, but the public, there's no leaderboard for the public. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to look at. Hmm. I, I, just don't see. Everyone's got. I'm looking to Slack right now. Yeah, DFS people are very dead. nervous. P- is DFS dead? No. It could only get bigger. D- D- DFS as. An innovative product, who knows? Because that's at the the scope of the platforms. Right. Right? right. I think DraftKings, is a bit, I, I think their headspace right now in the offices in Boston have nothing to do on how do we improve the World Cup? This I think, yeah, no, no. I, I think it's all... Uh, uh, what, what's our sports betting stuff? Yeah. Like, I think everyone in the office is talking about that. that there are, they're probably already beta testing some type of platform sure. or something. That, I mean, there's stuff in the works. But I think all of the headspace is going there. That the Daily Fantasy stuff will still be there and everything. And they will still operate as normal as they have been. Their R&D focus will be for the pat- next year on the sports betting stuff. But all that could do is open up the, open up more people to be exposed to the game. What people are leaving D, What people are leaving DFS completely to now bet legally on sports if they weren't already betting on sports. Good point. Right, I see people in my timeline that bet on sports all the time. People that play high volume DFS. Where who's going anywhere? I mean what if you're already betting on sports and you're already playing daily fantasy, what 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 do you Yeah, what's the difference now? Right, right. I I just don't understand that. Like you like the golf people or whatever? I mean most of them bet you know, bet, you know, first round leader and who's gonna the winning odd eighty to one for this is all offshore sites. Oh now oh now that I could do it and get worse odds because it's down a regulated US market. Uh they're probably still going to bet on those sites. Right. Because they probably have better, better odds. But the type of people that are odd, that are line shopping, that's us. That's like 1%. That's nothing. People are stupid. Right.
1: Well, on that nice note, uh, if anybody has any follow up questions for Jordan, you can find him on Twitter at BlenderHead. That's BlenderHD. I'm at Rotowire Andrew. I have absolutely no idea when we'll be back, possibly later this week, um, because. We've got no Premier League. We've got some World Cup coming up. In a, I believe it's a month from today, which will be fun. But uh, yeah, so hit us up there. And uh, if you are interested in joining the RotoWire subscriber Slack chat that we've been referencing throughout the podcast, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter. You can also just email me, Andrew at RotoWire.com to get in. Jordan, thanks for all of that. And uh, good luck with all your baseball stuff, I guess, now.
0: Thank you for listening to the RotoWire Fantasy Soccer podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com/soccer.